Thankful that the Lord is here. If you have your Bibles for a few moments, if you can bear with my weak, scraggly, scratchy voice, I want to take you to the Word of God. And I'm going to do what I usually never do, and that's read a whole chapter. Not a whole book, but a whole chapter. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. He begins with a resolution. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore, it remaineth. Everybody say, it remaineth. It hasn't passed away. Seeing therefore, it remaineth that some must enter therein. And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limited a certain day saying in David, Today, after so long a time as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? If he had completed what he had begun then there would be nothing else to be said. That's what basically he's trying to get through to them. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Again, a resolution. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us again a resolution, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. And he concludes with another resolution. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace 
that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And everybody said amen. I read all of that because it is necessary for me tonight in order to give you what I feel the Lord has talked to me. I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight about the resolution of revival. The resolution of revival. And everybody said amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Brother Joey, I appreciate the song that you selected tonight and I appreciate the worship, but in particular, I am very intrigued by um, that last chorus that we sang, How Great Is Our God. How great is our God. If there is any desire that I have as a pastor is to continually lift up before you and before this congregation the understanding that God is still able. He is still able. He can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Amen. That God has not exhausted his supply. He has not weakened his resolve or determination. The greatest of all tragedies, I believe, in life is to live in the midst of plenty and be poor. I believe the greatest tragedy that I can think of is to be starving to death in a food pantry with stocks everywhere. What a tragedy that I would be living, so to speak, in the lap of luxury, but be in tattered, ragged clothes. To have at my disposal all things that I need for life and yet not possess any of it. What a tragedy to miss what God has provided. The danger of a lot of folks is to think that the best is behind us. And it's too late. It's too late. Brother Hughes, the days of revival are over. People are too carnal. They're too worldly. They're too interested in other things. And many times we are of the opinion that they must be right because we don't see what we want to see. For many, there has come this survivalist mentality that if I can just endure to the end, I'll be saved. I remember as a child hearing, we used to have testimony services and they got to be something other than testimonies. And I remember hearing people say things like, if I can only make it in, if I can only make it in. If I just have a little cabin in the corner of glory land, that'll be fine with me. And so as a child, I'm thinking, you know what? Heaven must be depleted of its resources. <laughs> Are we really just barely going to make it? I heard one lady say, if I can just make it by the skin of my teeth, I don't know how thin that skin is, but I don't want to cut it that close, folks. 
And the truth is, we don't have to. I do not believe that God would take the time and he would expend the energy and put in the spiritual resources to birth a church with the glory in which he birthed it in Acts and it to wind up going out with a fizzle. I cannot imagine the fireworks of Pentecost and then we just kind of flow out, dissolve into nothingness. I can't imagine that. I, I can't imagine that God would invest so much in the beginning that he would forget there was going to be an end to this thing and say, oh, I'm sorry, but I, I poured it all out here you're just going to have to live with what is left. I, I, I'm being a little facetious tonight, but the point is, whatever God begins, he is going to finish it. And what God finishes is going to be as grand, if not more so, in the finish than it was in the beginning. I still believe the Bible says and I believe that it has to do with our day that the latter house shall be greater than the former house. I claim that as a promise of this hour in which we live. I claim the scripture of the prophet that said, at evening time it shall be light. I believe he was talking about our day. And I believe that there is great promise in the day in which we now live. But there is a tendency for us to look back and to think that God's power has perhaps grown less or we don't have the will or the, the ability to access that. Hear me tonight. Don't you ever think that the days of great promise are behind us they are still before us. They are still available to us today. It is interesting to note that one of the things that the writer references in the chapter is rest. He talks about the rest of God. In, in that particular concept, there were three things that he was talking about. He was talking about the peace of God he was talking about the promised land that God had promised to his people and he was talking about that place of power and authority where God rules in everything. What is interesting is that in creation, the first six days, the Bible says that there was a beginning and there was an end. There was a start and there was a finish. But of the seventh day, which was the day of rest, the Bible says it only began. It never ended. There is no end to what the Lord has begun or what God is up to on that seventh day. Now, I'm not a prophetic person, but I am here to tell you that God is still up to something and God still has work to be done in the hour in which we now live. 
And we are living in the greatest hour of the church, I believe, that has ever been possible. Amen. And I believe that there is a blessedness in knowing that God can still do it. Praise God. That God can still do it. He can still turn things around. He can still heal. He can still deliver. He still has the power to do what is needed. It's not too late. You see, in the Greek text, and I don't want to bore you with that, but there is an indication from the thinking of those to which he was writing, there was a thinking that it was too late for all of this, that they had missed their day, they had missed their opportunity. And so verse one, one translation says, lest you should think that you have come to the kingdom at too late a date, or for you have come to the kingdom at too late of a time. Let me remind you that God is not through working yet and it's not too late. It is not too late that God still can and still will do miraculous things. And so it is tonight that I come to you and speak to you for a few moments about the resolution of revival. When you know that God is still up to something, it ought to make you wake up and realize that I need to find out what God is up to and get involved in it. When I realize that God is still working, that God is still moving, that God is still as powerful as he ever was, that his word has not changed, that his word is still operative. It's still working tonight. It does something into in the spiritual man and it makes you want to rise up and say, let us do this or let us do that or let us determine or decide to move in this direction because I want to see what God can still do. I want to see God's greatest work. To me, and I'm not a Bible scholar by any means, but to me, when he talks about the rest of God, he's really talking about the best of God. Amen. So when we talk about rest of God, we're talking about God's rest. And the writer to the Hebrews said, don't ever think that that day is over or that day is behind you. The writer in truth is trying to awaken them to something. To awaken them to realize that the best days are not behind us but before us. That they are still available to us and we can still access. And so we have to beware lest we think that we have arrived too late or it's over we must be alert and awake in this hour and realize that anything can still happen because God is still working. Somebody said amen. amen. God is still up to something. He's still moving. Praise God. Go through the motions, go through the ritual if you want to, but I want something more than ritual and ceremony. I want to see God at his best. 
There were many in Israel who failed to possess the promised land. They came to the borders of the land and they sent out the spies and they allowed 10 men to discourage them. They allowed 10 voices to steal their enthusiasm and take away their desire to move forward. You need to be careful who you listen to in life. You better be careful of the voices that you listen to because there are voices that are speaking even in this day that would make you think that it cannot happen or it will not happen. They said, oh, it's good, but, it's good, but, there are great things out there, but, and so they allowed the difficulties to stop them, and they allowed fear to turn them around. You have to be careful what influences your decision making in the hour in which we live. The spirit of fear will make you a coward. And it'll cause you to go back instead of go forward. And so the Bible says that they missed it. They missed it. Everybody say that with me. They missed it. They missed it. They they, they just missed it. It was there, but they missed it. I don't know about you, but I hate missing anything. I hate to think that I was that close and, and, and missed it. Amen. But you know what? We can be at the very doorstep of revival and miss it if we don't have the right resolution, if we don't have the right determination and the right spirit. There are things that can rob us of our power and rob us of our purpose and rob us of our possession. The greatest of those things is unbelief. Unbelief. It is failing to trust the one who says he can do what he can do. Unbelief will steal from you the promises that God has made to you. And they will cause you to think that they are inaccessible. You see tonight, church, faith is still a needed commodity in the day in which we live. And in an hour when it's hard to believe, you need to hold on to your faith like never before. We must do just that. We must believe. The writer uses the word fear. They missed it because they were afraid. They missed it because they operated from a spirit of fear rather than faith. Folks, I don't want to ever operate from the spirit of fear because when you do, you've already lost. When you do, you've already given the enemy an advantage. They didn't trust God to bring him through. They didn't trust God to, to keep his word. I must believe that whatever God has called us to, he is able to lead us through. Amen. If God has brought me to this place, then God's going to take me to where I need to be. And so I want that, that spirit of faith in my heart because I don't ever want to operate from the spirit of fear. 
When you operate from a spirit of fear, you become suspicious. And you begin to question the resolution of others. Whatever God has presented to us is possible or God wouldn't have presented to us. Amen. It may challenge our abilities, but we can do it. Praise God. It may call out of us things we didn't know were there, but we can do it if we resolve to do it. Amen. Somebody said amen. Amen. We have to do it because God's word says we can do it. I need to remind this church tonight that you and I still have to do with the word of God and his word is ever alive. And that word never dies and it will never end. And it's active and powerful. Amen. We must act on it and live in it and do it. Stake our lives on it because God cannot lie. So what are those things that we need to resolve tonight for revival? Number one, I've already mentioned it. We've got to resolve to live by faith and not by fear. Amen. I wonder how many of you have been tricked into believing that it's just too good to be true. It's too good to be true or it's not possible for me. It may be possible for you, but not for me. Unbelief will rob you and fear will take away from you those things that God wants to put in your possession. They missed it because they were afraid. I wonder what we're missing around here because we're afraid. We're afraid to step out. We're afraid to act on that faith that rises in our heart in an atmosphere of worship. The Holy Ghost said, get out. Move. Do this. Do that. And we stand back there arguing with God and with ourselves because we're afraid. I wonder what kind of circles we've drawn around our families because we're afraid. Fear will never take you where you want to go. Amen. Fear will never bring to you what you desire and want. Fear will never produce in you what you hunger to see produced. Only thing that will bring it to pass is faith in God. I don't want to be bound by fear. I don't want to operate by fear. I've tried to tell men who've asked me about pastoring before, what's, what's the most important thing that you've had to learn how to do? And I said, the most important thing I've had to learn is to never pastor out of fear. Because as soon as you start pastoring out of fear, you've already lost. Because when you pastor out of fear, you start trying to protect what's yours. And none of this is mine to start with. You say, well, what about people who walk away? They walk away. They're not walking away from me. They're walking away from him. Amen. But you can't live in an atmosphere of fear. We can't be afraid to take new steps and new opportunities. There's some things that God's going to present to this church this year that's going to stretch us out of our comfort zone. Matter of fact, if he doesn't, I'm going to. Some of us have gotten our roots so deep, it'd take a jackhammer and 
and a backhoe to move us. We don't need to be that hard to be moved. If God starts moving, we ought to feel it if he's a county away. I don't need lightning to strike in this building for me to realize that anything can happen and to come in here with an expectant spirit. I don't want to be bound by fear, but there are some of us right now that are, that, that are living in a spirit of fear because of past failure or mistakes or whatever, and you can never receive from God what you hunger for and operate out of a spirit of fear. You'll never better yourself as a person by operating from a spirit of fear. It will always keep you out of God's best. Amen. The question that always has haunted me is what would we do if we really weren't afraid? Who would we reach out to? Who would we teach a home Bible study to? Who would we sit down across the table with and open our Bible and show them the plan of salvation if we weren't afraid. Amen. Who would we believe can walk through those doors Sunday morning if we weren't afraid? Who would we reach out to between now and Sunday morning to get them to come to church if we weren't afraid? Amen. We got to get rid of the fear factor. Praise God. Amen. We got to get rid. Some of you are afraid to even clap your hands right now. Go ahead. Let's clap our hands right now. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. We we got to get rid of this fear that 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 suffocates us and it frustrates us. You know, I've never known a happy person that's fearful. Never. I've never known anybody that lived an overcoming life that was fearful. They always struggle. They always barely make it from one day to the next. And you got to pray them through and prop them up every time you come to church because their whole life is built around fear. There's some people that they only live for God because they're afraid. I, I, I learned a long time ago there's a better way to live for God than being afraid of him. Live for him because you love him. It works a lot better. Amen. It's a lot more fun that way. You get a lot more out of it and God gets a lot more out of you if you're not afraid. So let's resolve this year that we're going to be a church of faith and not fear. Let's resolve that in 2014 when God starts pushing us into places we've never been before and gets us out of our comfort zone that instead of us pulling in in the spirit of fear that we're going to step out in the boldness of faith and say, God, if you brought me here, you can take me through. If you brought this opportunity to us, then surely you can bring that opportunity to pass. You see, this is one thing I've learned about God. God never does anything to intimidate you. God never brings you to a place and tantalizes you and then takes it away and says, oh, I was just kidding. God never exposes you to something just so you'll feel miserable because you can't experience it. 
There's not even one word about revival in some other community that comes to us so it will make us feel depressed because it's happening there and it's not happening here. If God allows that news to come, he allows that news to come to let me know if it happened there, it can happen here. I'm not showing you this to intimidate you. I'm not showing you this to make you feel bad. I'm trying to show you what I'm still up to. So we have to learn how to operate in a spirit of faith and not out of fear. Amen. I, I don't know why I just keep feeling like I need to linger, but I need to say it one more time. Make the resolution tonight. I am not going to live in a spirit of fear. I'm not going to be an unbeliever this year. Amen. Ah, yeah, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm not going to be a reluctant disciple. You know what I feel like sometimes? I feel like I am one eternal cheerleader. Come on, come on. Let's do it, let's do it. And I'm pulling people reluctantly. It's like they're concrete into that pew and I'm trying to pull you out and say, come on up here. I want this to be a year where we break those restraints. Amen. I'm going to meddle a little bit. I'm just going to pastor tonight, all right? I'm just going to be pastor. I want us to have a year where instead of coming here to the altar, we come here to the altar. I want us to have a year where instead of somebody saying, would everybody please stand up? Somebody has to say, would somebody please sit down so we can move on with service? I want us to have a year where we come out of our shell. We felt it tonight on a Wednesday night. There was an explosive atmosphere of the Holy Ghost that was in this worship tonight. Amen. Some of you were on the verge of getting out. <laughs> Some of you were on, you had your foot in. You know what? I wish the Holy Ghost would just come behind you and just shove you and push you in. Now I know he's not going to do that. I know that's not how God operates, but I wish he would. Let's quit being afraid. Let's quit operating in a spirit of unbelief. When somebody says something, we think, okay, where's he talking about? Amen. Resolution number one, I'm gonna be a man or a woman of faith. If a preacher says it, I'm gonna believe it. If the word says it, I'm gonna believe it. If my Sunday school teacher says it, I'm gonna believe it. If my, my silver tones leader says it, I'm gonna believe it. If my youth pastor says that I'm going to believe it, I'm going to act on that. I'm going to speak those things. I'm going to, I'm going to develop a new vocabulary this year. I'm going to have a vocabulary of faith. I'm going to take my dictionary and I'm going to put a big X mark over the word can't. I'm going to tear that page out of my dictionary. We can't do that. I'm going to go over to the ends and I'm going to tear the word never out. 
It never happens around here. Yeah. I want to go over to the W section and I want to tear out the word won't. It won't happen here. Why not? God is no respecter of person and we still have to do with his word and his word is still active. It's still powerful. It's still anointed. It's still alive. God's still working. Somebody believe me. Somebody believe him tonight. Amen. So resolution number one, I'm going to live in faith and not fear. Resolution number two, I am going to resolve to work as hard as I can to see that it comes to pass. Amen. It takes a great deal of sweat and labor to have anything in life. You don't get it from a grab bag. It's not a lottery ticket. If you want a good home, you don't get a good home by being lazy. You have to work at having a good home. If you want a good church, you certainly don't get a good church by criticizing it. You get a good church by talking about it in a good way. Amen. You're not going to have a good marriage if you don't work on it. We've got to strive. That's what he talks about in the middle section of this book of Hebrews. He talks about striving. Let us therefore labor. I know that's a dirty four-letter word, but it's still in the Bible. Labor. We don't like labor. We like free. But the Bible says that there's some things that only come by prayer and fasting. There's some things that only happen when you get out of the boat and start trying to do the impossible simply because the Lord has bid you to do the impossible. Amen. We must never lose heart and we must never quit too easy. The only way we will have a better church is if we work on it. Amen. Somebody say, I'm going to work on it. It's going to be a better church this year because I'm going to strive. I'm going to labor. I'm going to work. I'm going to sweat. I'm going to persevere. Amen. The third resolution, he said, I want us, let us hold fast. Everybody say, hold fast. We've got to hold on. The hour in which we live is not a time to change. It's a time to persevere. Don't let the profession of your faith shrink in 2014. Hold on. Hold fast. Be steadfast and unmovable. The Lord quickened that scripture to me today. 
And I begin to feel that word begin to pound into my heart. If there's anything I need you to be right now is steadfast and unmovable. Do not let your convictions be opened to the spirit of this age. Sink your teeth into them. Make up your mind that you're not going to let anything go. Because you don't have to let anything go to have revival. Amen. You don't have to let anything go to have revival. Somebody said, Brother Hughes, we'll never have revival because we're too strict. That's a bunch of baloney. The fastest growing cult in the world is the Muslim faith, if they call it faith. And they have their, their guidelines make our holiness standards look like tinker toys. And they don't mind coming into public dressed the way they're dressed and doing, they don't mind pulling their prayer mat out however many times a day they're required to do it. And then we think we're too strict. Hey, there's, it doesn't have anything to do with our stand on separation or holiness. So don't give up. Don't let the enemy take that from you. Hold fast the profession of your faith. Amen. I don't believe we have to compromise anything to have revival. I said I don't believe we have to compromise anything to have revival. Ah, yes. I don't believe we have to compromise one principle to have revival. The greatest revivals that have ever come have come because of consecration, not because of a lack of consecration. Amen. Amen. The last resolution is the last portion of chapter four where he concludes by saying, let us therefore come boldly. We have to remember that wherever we go, we're only going to go there because of him. Amen. And if we don't access that power, we can't blame him for any of that. Amen. Stand with me if you will. The whole purpose of my sermon tonight, my message, is to bring this church to a place in 2014 where we will possess what God has said we could have. I don't want to miss anything God has for me this year. Amen. I don't want to miss it because I'm afraid. I don't want to miss it because of a lack of determination. I don't want to miss it because I'm lazy. Amen. I don't want to miss it because I just don't want to put out the effort. I want to have it because I put my all into it. And I want to have it because I've found access to a place of power and strength. The place of help. Amen. We're going to have to go back there often this year. The throne of God. God, we can't do this by ourselves, Folks, the battle of life still is about faith. It's about what you believe or you don't believe. It's about what you're willing to hold on to. 
It's what you're willing to die for. Amen. Do you believe that God has something better to say about our future? Do you believe that? Do you believe that God has something greater to do in the hours that are to come than in what he's done in the past of this church? Amen. Praise God. A resolution that will bring revival. It begins down here. Amen. Down here. God, I believe you. I believe your word. I believe every promise. I don't believe you brought me where you brought me for me to fail. Amen. I believe God has brought us to this time. He's brought us to the kingdom for such a time as this. I believe we're here for a divine purpose. Praise God. Let's reach out to him right now. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah.